Hi, you're listening to On the Town with Tanya Cooper, and uh, we are going live. We are here uh, today with somebody very special. You may know him from his recurring, reoccurring role in The Perfect Murder, uh, the Investigation investigation Discovery Channel webcast off the cuff, but we just call him simply Hollywood. Welcome, Bill <laughs> How are you, Tanya? Good, how are you? Doing great. Loving yeah. life. I know, that's right. You gotta love it because you're breathing, right? That's right, that's right. What's going on? So you um um how's it going with the with the Discovery Channel? I know Well uh, I'm actually gonna be on the Discovery Channel again on the twenty uh, third at ten o'clock on a show called um Your Worst Nightmare. Oh really? But, so this, Yeah. Be- I'm on it as but as my former job as a detective sergeant from Manhattan North Homicide. It was an old murder case that I worked on, and they tracked me down, and they did an episode on this case. Get out. So wait, so that's awesome. So uh, by the way, listeners, if you don't know, uh, Bill Cannon is, uh, we have to give it up for him, because he is a retired NYPD detective, um, and uh, for those of you who don't know, so him being on The Perfect Murder and anything having to do with that is awesome, because we know that's his stuff. That's his thing. We know a good NYPD. We, We salute you for all you've done. You know? Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So uh, when does that start again? Do you know when it airs? It's, it's on the, the 23rd of this month at 10 o'clock at night on Investigation Discovery. It, and what channel it is depends on what system you have. You know, okay. Like I have, I have Fios, it's channel 123, but I don't know. It depends what system you have as to what channel it is. Okay, so my listeners, you know, you have to check that out on an ID channel. Investigation Discovery on the 23rd. Check out for uh, Bill Cannon. Uh, so what's going on? Um, how's it going with The Perfect Murder? Uh, I just uh, I did a uh, an episode um, a couple of weeks ago, about three weeks ago, where, I, again, I played myself uh, a retired sergeant, and it was on a Je- uh, case called the Jeffrey Locker case, where he was an individual that went to Harlem and, and allegedly – hired someone to kill him so his family could collect $12 million worth of life insurance. Oh, wow. It was real? Yeah, it's a real case. <laughs> but but what happened was the guy who killed him got arrested for murder and got prosecuted and got convicted. Wait, that's so, a real Wait, why would you... Wait, let me get this right. Why would you hire someone to kill you when you could just, um, you know, do something bad and, and have the police called and just get shot? Well, because that could be seen as like suicide by police, and most oh. uh, insurance policies don't pay off uh, on on suicide. Oh. Ah, okay, so that's... so that's I think he I don't know if he collected all twelve million. Oh my! But I I believe he collected his family collected at least four million. Obviously, he had to be pretty depressed and pretty desperate to do that. You know. That's really sad. I mean, that's going on a lot. I know, I know we try to keep it light because you're a comedian, but that's going on a lot here. We have a guy here in, in my area in Westchester who um, who uh, killed his family again. He shot himself, the guy in the mansion over there in Palm Ridge. He shot yeah, I re- I, yeah, I read that. That, that yeah. was crazy. And his kids, I mean, his daughter. Who who kills their own kids? That's what I want to know. I know, that's horrible. Wife with the table leg and kill his two kids. I was like, who does that? I, I just don't understand that, but... You know, I'm sure you some worked. desperate, desperate people. You know. Yeah, I guess so. That's why I guess we do comedy, so we can keep people laughing, right? That's right. That's right. What's 
what's going on in the comedy world with you? What do you? You know, I had a, I had actually a, a somewhat of a slow December. I really, you know, as far as comedy, I mean, I still do a couple of mics a week, but as far <laughs> as shows, I think I only had one show in in December, and it was a bar show. Okay. But I'm hoping to kick it. I'm hoping to kick it up uh, more in 2018. Yeah. Push the envelope more. You know, it's it's a hustle. Just to get on it, shows is a hustle. You know. It is. It is definitely a hustle, um, but uh, but uh, it's worth it because, uh, like I said before, there's so much going on right now between politics and the world and, like, you know, whatever's going on. That I love comedy for this reason. This is, you know, we, our job is to make people laugh and keep it light, you know? Right, but, you know, the hardest – there's a lot of hard things about comedy that people don't understand. And when we talk about the hustle, the hustle is getting out there and networking with people right. so that you can get on shows. Right. And that's that's a job in itself, you know. It is absolutely. So and then you know you, I do other things. I'm doing um, acting. I take an acting class every Tuesday in the city, uh-huh. and I'm audition. I'm auditioning a lot. I'm also a. Uh, I'm not a model like you were. I'm a model. <laughs> a, a reality <laughs> model. <you know? laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, so I'm getting some work doing that. You know, mostly um, uh, shoots, uh, not not uh, video, mostly okay. print ads and that type right. of thing. Nice. That's hey. Listen, man. I always say any penny is a good penny. You know, you earn it modestly. It's all it's all good. And if you can, this like you said, it's all hustle. Same thing with comedy, acting. It's all a hustle. If you don't get out there, you're not going to get nothing. You know? Yeah, and you know what it is? It's it's you have to really uh, make friends with a lot of people that that are in the comedy business, other comics, because other comics are they produce shows, and you got to get on their shows. You know, you got to network. And as I said, it's a full-time, it's a full-time job. You know, you gotta yep. always be be hustling. You know. Yes. And you know, I, I, like like you, I live in Westchester. Mm-hmm. So every single time you go into the city, you know, it's, it's thirty-five, forty bucks to go into the city, right? Oh, now who are you telling? Easy, right? So it's like it's not like you live in like when you live in the city, you can just jump on the subway. But not when you live in Westchester, it's either you take the train and the subway, you know. Right. Right. Or you drive in, and then it's you know it it costs a lot of money. So it does you're paying you're paying money to make no money in the beginning anyway, right? No, absolutely. But what do you find? What was you? What do you think um, was the hardest part uh, about starting comedy for all those comics out there that maybe want to start? I think the hardest part is just convincing yourself that you know you have the nerve to do it to get up on a stage and. Yeah. Lay it all out on the line and, and lay your point of view and you know, everyone everyone thinks they're funny. Well not everyone, but when people that think they're funny, they'll go up on a stage and realize, Oh my god, this is yeah. a hell of a more different right. than telling jokes to my friends. You know? <laughs> yep. yep. There is a technique to it, right? There's a whole you know, you really admire people that have been doing it, say you know, they say Louis C. K. say says that comedy takes Ten thousand hours to get yep. good at it. Yep. You know, it's, so I mean, depending on how often you get up. Well, that's that like get, that's like when you get your master's degree, right? And your your bachelor's, you have to put a certain, there's a certain amount of hours. That's what makes you right. Absolutely. Right. So same thing with comedy, um, except the difference with comedy, like you said, is once you get up on stage, like even when I, I used to be in a comedy troupe with the uh, with Richard, uh, what's his name, Rich Jackson, and the. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we called us at the Los Banditos Chocolates. <laughs> that was the Nate Turner review. But uh, uh, we started that in my living room. Over, my daughter's 29, so over 
25 years ago. I don't even know how long ago because they didn't have a space to practice. So I said, well, come to my house. Everybody come up to Westchester, and that's where we rehearse at. Yeah. But that's way different than Tanya going on, um, you know, than Tanya going on, um, you know, upstage by herself and now having to entertain people who all have a different personality, come from a different walk of life and a different background. So I say, and tell me if you agree with this, the most um, prized possession a comedian could own is uh, reading people skills immediately. That's the that's yeah, the no, best. absolutely, and best. it's you know, the 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 most uh, another real important thing is is your persona. Yeah. What is it that you're conveying to the audience? That yeah. is the audience going to like you? Right. And 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 see the way you view the world as funny. Right. Or are they or are they not going to like you? You know that that can happen. That can happen with look. You could tell the same joke to uh, five different audiences, and four out of five times you get a huge laugh. One time you get nothing. Exactly. You know? I know you've you've experienced that. I've experienced. Uh-huh, that. Yeah. You think? I've experienced that. <laughs> okay. you know, he's like, oh, here's my best joke. Let me hit him with this. Yeah. And you know you you hear crickets going off. You know. <laughs> You know, you know, another thing is, I don't know if you get, guys don't give this kind of shade, but girls definitely do. I did a show once in Manhattan in the village, and um, and I knew as soon as I got up, it's like, darn it. I didn't want to put any negative vibe out, but I saw these girls hawking me. And sometimes if women perceive you, okay, I didn't say I was, but if they perceive you as good looking or, you know, or you're, you look too hot or something, they automatically shut down. That could be a blessing right. It could be a it could be a blessing in that they'll at least look at the stage real quick, so it's it's up to me to lure them in. Or it could be a curse. And, and what happens is there's these young comics girls, these one girl comics, and uh, they immediately crossed their arms as soon as I got on stage, crossed their arms and looked at me like, no matter what you say, it will not be funny. And do you know that my whole my whole eight minutes of the set, they just stared at me, um, trying their best. Uh, until I actually got people to laugh by m- mentioning them and what they were doing, um, but in a funny way, you know, not not in a cruel way, because I never like to be a cruel comic, you know what I'm saying? It almost sounds like you're describing an open mic, because to get exactly. to get comics to laugh, if you can make comics laugh, you're mm-hmm. a good comic, right? Yeah. Because yeah. they're, the, they're the hardest audience there is, is other yeah. comics, you know? Yeah. Well, these, That's those why you girls- sometimes can't gauge your uh, material with other comics. Yeah. They need a real audience. Well, these these were young kids though. They was they were young girls, like twenty years old, and and they were. I think one happened to be a comic. Um, when she got up, I didn't find her as funny as everybody else did, but that's just me. Um, but she, um, the fact that you sit there with your arms crossed immediately, I know that you've shut down immediately, and that's a hard right. thing for me to do. To have to get yeah, up. Yeah, no, that's you. Like you said, you read her body language, and she was like, yep. try, she was resisting laughing, right? Trying oh, not yeah. to. You know, sometimes you you raised a good point, too, just now is that sometimes, look, I, I'm older. I'm, I just turned 61 years old. You know? Get out of here. Really? Yeah. yeah. God bless. Great. Sometimes I don't get some of the references that some of the younger comics use in their jokes. Right, right. And, and maybe some of them don't get m- mine. You know what I mean? Right. So right. if you don't get the reference, you know, like so many people tell for a while, the show The Game of Thrones mm-hmm. was the subject of a lot of people's uh, material. Yeah. And I've never, ever watched that, so I don't know Me, what the I, hell they're talking about, you know? Yeah. Me neither. I, I tried so, watching 
I couldn't. You couldn't watch it? No. You know, tried- or some other references to, like, for example, I I don't really listen to rap. Some mm-hmm. of it I, I hear and some of it I like, but I'm not, like, buying rap uh Music. music, and I don't pay for it. You know, if I hear something I like, it's fine. But I'm that's not really the type of music that right. I listen to. So right. if someone makes a reference to that or some rap stars, I don't really know what the hell they're talking about. Exactly. You know what I mean? Well, it's like maybe they won't know who Frank Sinatra is or the Beatles. You know, they oh, I'm, they got problems you know. with all that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got problems. What? You but you know what I'm talking about. There's certain you references. You the best around. That's like if you don't know, even if you're five, if you don't know who that is. I can't talk to you. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's like when when I was when I was on the police department when I started going to um, hospital emergency rooms, and not only were the doctors younger than me, they were a lot younger than me. You know, and I was uh-huh. like, oh god, how'd that happen? You know, uh-huh. where have I been all these years? <laughs> <laughs> how do you um, how do you uh, keep it going? Um, you know, uh, between the family. And uh, the, now you're retired now, so you're not you're not professing anymore. I know you're a professor. Yeah, no, you know, it, it, uh, as of April, I I, t- I taught college actually for ten and a half years, and oh. after I retired from the police department, mm-hmm. which is six years ago, I taught for five and a half years, and I I just quit teaching in April. So now I'm just pursuing this acting and comedy and reality yeah. modeling, and I'm having fun. You know, I'm having fun. It's. Uh, yeah. It's you know it's it's different, I, I, but it's it's sort of nice not to have to wake up at a certain hour and go into uh, go into work. You know, punch a clock. That's really nice not to have to do that. No, absolutely. And uh, and it's it's uh, commercial modeling is what you're doing now. I think. Yeah, commercial modeling and it's yep. called reality modeling. You know, look, oh, I, if I go on forty auditions and get one job, that's about my ratio right now. Okay. Hey, hey, listen, that's more than most people get. I you know I can tell you back in the '80s when I was modeling. Even though I was with I mean, I could tell you how many calls, you know, I'd get cattle, all these cattle calls or go on calls, but how many you actually get is another story because it's, it's nothing personal. That's the best part about this. Once you realize well, that. you know, so Tanya, when I go to these uh, auditions, I see some really beautiful looking people. Uh-huh. And they must look at me and say, ah, he's a reality model. <laughs> there's no way, there's no way he's a model model, you know. <laughs> no, but guess what? The good news is, especially now, none of the rules apply anymore. You know what I'm saying? If if Revlon is looking for, um, I'm making this up, women over 50, and, uh, you know, uh, they're going to be specific about what type of lo- woman they're looking for. So no matter right. who walks in there, they already know as soon as they see her who they want, who they see as the Revlon girl. So if you go for a commercial or you go for anything, don't ever sweat it because guess what? Whatever's meant for you, I used to say this, whatever's meant for you that God had meant for you, you're going to get it. And whatever's not, it wasn't meant for you to have. Yeah, you know, I tell you, a, a, a lot of it is they're just looking for a look. You yeah, know, exactly. It's a, it's a look they want. You know? Yeah. Well, that that's why I say don't go crazy because it, it doesn't matter what you do. Even if you cut your hair, you dyed your hair, it wouldn't matter. If you don't have that specific image in there that they have in their mind, then that's why you didn't get it. Not because you're Bill Cannon, not because I'm Tanya Cooper. It's because it just really right. and it's no big deal. It's You know, that's what I love about this, too, is chasing the dream. You know, do you enjoy chasing the dream? Chasing, you know, the yeah, I mean, look, I think that that's the – if you don't enjoy the journey, then mm-hmm. you don't belong on the journey, you know. Absolutely. Well, I should coin that. I should put that in some motivational <laughs> Crazy, motivational yeah. manual, you know. No, but it's true. You have to enjoy the journey or else what the hell are you doing it for, you know. 
Absolutely, absolutely. What um, what uh, what do you think? Um, what do you like the most about uh, doing comedy? You know, I think it's um, unlike acting. Comedy, if you're doing well, you get immediate rewards from it. You know, the audience yeah. laughs or the audience claps or so, and it's a live performance. Whereas most of the time, acting, you know, in TV and movies, that type of thing, mm-hmm. you know, it, your work is you know, put on film and you're not, no one's appreciating it till a month or months later. Right. So you don't get the instant gratification. I guess that's what it is, you know. And the challenge of of writing a good joke or good material or having a good bit, you know, and good yeah. bits, as you know, they're tough to come by. So yeah. I've written stuff when I, that I, when I first started, uh-huh. that was some of my best stuff, you know, because I, I guess because you let it, it morphs into, uh, right. It gets better and better and better as you keep doing it, you know. Right. Yeah. But I always was, oh, when's my when's my next good bit gonna come, you know? And it doesn't doesn't happen easily, you know. No, it's not. It's always it's always a, cha- a challenge. And plus, now, like back in the day, one thing happens and that's it for like a year. Now, something happens in five seconds, it's over, and they're on to the next thing. So as a comic, you have to be really on your A game. Uh, I only know like several comics that can actually go out right now and and talk about anything that just happened and wing it and really get it and nail it. But most of us, you know, we we work we work hard on whatever little ten minutes or whatever we have. We work hard on that. So for something to change and now all of a sudden, you know, there's a Kim Jong situation or a Trump situation or you know anything. Now we're like, oh man, I got to re- rewrite this joke. You know. Right. Right. It's, it's uh, true because something that is in pop culture and is mm-hmm. happening, like, you know, already the Harvey Weinstein jokes are getting uh, old. Oh, mm-hmm. You know, and it's that's not that old, but, you know, that was news, big, big news a couple of months ago. Oh, yeah. Cause, and cause, now... Go ahead. Now it's Russell Simmons. <laughs> yeah, now, yeah, but it's just a whole host of people that are getting involved in this whole Sexual harassment thing, you know. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, and some of it's more than sexual harassment. Some of it's sexual assault. Oh well, that's know? about it. The girl said, "Uh, that's see, that's that's the part that I want to hear about because uh, one girl, the Weinstein girl, uh, one of them, the last one, the actress who's currently an actress, I cannot remember her name, so forgive me, audience. Um, everybody knows I had my senior moment. Um, <laughs> but the young lady actually said he raped her twice. So I was like, wait a minute. I'm confused because I can understand once, and and I would call that a crime. But how did right. you get up twice in Hollywood? And so to me, I I get funny about stuff like I always support women and our feminists, whatever. You know, I'm with it. But then I feel bad for some guys who get pigeonholed because of a few jerks, uh, several jerks or whatever. And there is a glass ceiling. There is the guys who take advantage of power, but there's also women, and I can't wait till they come out with those. See, nobody, no guys are coming out with the truth that there's also women bosses that do that. I'm you know? sure. But of course. That's because guys, and it just sounds weird if you're a guy and you're like, um, yeah, I was sexually harassed by my boss. And they'll be like, okay, what'd she do? She grabbed my butt. And and all the guys will be like, okay, is that, what's wrong yeah, with that? Right. So it's a weird double standard. Um, but I do have a problem when someone says that they were raped. She said she was raped twice by Weinstein. And I'm like, wait a minute, how did you even get near him the second time? Because you should have filed the report the first time. And even if you right. did, I understand victims sometimes can't come out right away. I was most as a kid. I didn't come out right away, but I was nine. I mean, but I didn't come out right away. Um, so right. I understand that. But to come 20 years later 
and say twice, and you went back in the room with him alone? Something's wrong with you, in my opinion. I think yeah, well, you know, he wrong. was in that position of extreme power, and people wanted things from him, you know, and yeah, that, yeah. that blinds that's, people, you know. But that's that's the. Well, I was talking to a friend today. Um, that's Duke. In case you haven't listened, uh, noticed people that. <laughs> Oh, he's got to chime in too. He thinks a lot about this. Um, but in case you haven't noticed, that a lot of people. Um, I talked to somebody today, and and they were saying it's a, such a fine line, though, because now, you know, um, you know, women. Um, if you're my opinion, men or men, doesn't matter who you are. If you, to me, if I go into a room with a guy who I know, known, not not somebody I just surprised, but I knew through Hollywood feedback. Or through friend feedback that this guy was a was a was a, a horrible guy, and I go in asking him for deals and favors. There's a pro- I have a problem with that because now, no matter what you did, what you say, you just sold yourself. You sold yourself to the devil by coming in with a deal. Not I'm not saying that just because I'm the boss should mean that I should be able to knock down or you know I can't explain it or 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 um, present a present a deal or. Um, you know, um, I can't explain it, but like if you're if I'm if I'm going to your office and I know you're um you're Bill Cannon and you have the access to make me into a Hollywood superstar in comedy and people have said to me that you're a little monster in the dark, why the heck would I go and have tea with you at your house or at the hotel? That's baffling. Right. That's just baffling to me. Now I don't want you to chime in because I don't want you to get in trouble, but I'm just saying some weird stuff going on, and I I feel bad because the real victims never get hurt because of the women who are coming out now 50 years later, sort of like Cosby. I'm like, you don't wait 50 years and say right. that you're harassed, in my opinion, as a grown woman. Now, if you're a kid, that makes sense, but you're a grown woman, and you're saying that you went into a room because you wanted someone to make you famous, and you felt that they didn't make you famous and so you felt like they did you wrong. I just have a problem with that. I, I'm not saying it's, that it's still not a monster thing. It's just weird now. It's awkward because the elements are just all jacked up. Like you can't go into a room with Satan and expect him to give you water. It's just, he's not going to do it. You know? Exactly. I don't know. But, but you know, I guess it, it, women are put in a lot of bad situations yes. lots of times. Yes. And uh, But, you know, on on the other hand, of course, there's there's – sexual harassment all over the place. But the other uh, point of view is that, you know, women do use their sexuality to yeah. get things that they want. Yes, so I, it's sort of a double-edged sword, too. It is. Yeah, and, men, and men do, too. Men use their yeah. sexuality to get things they want also. I mean, it's not Absolutely. It's a double-edged sword. So. Yeah, you probably summed it up a little bit better than I did. That's what I was talking about, that, you yeah. know, we – go and say, yeah, I know I'm gorgeous and I have big boobs, so I'm just going to like slither over here and uh, see if I can finagle a little deal out of this and then the deal goes bad and now you want to cry wolf. I don't think that's correct. You know, right. that's just me. I'm not saying you know, God, I, God bless all victims you know, I'm not saying nothing bad. I don't want you know, I don't want anybody calling me uh, but I, you know, but go figure. But what do you think about we only have uh, like nine minutes left, but what do you okay. think about um the whole C.K. Lewis uh, uh, thing going on. Uh, I, had, well, I had, you know, I, I saw I saw his movie because um, my wife works for a an actor and he's in the Academy and we had the screener and I watched it and I understood why he didn't release it, you know, because it had a lot to do with what he was taught, you know, what he's been charged with, you know, or charged charged in the 
in the theater of public opinion. Right, just, exactly, definitely. But, you know, is I don't think Louis C.K. is done for the rest of his life. I think it just, you know, he'll, he'll, I'm sure he'll make a comeback and he'll, he'll be fine. Mm. But, you know, certain people, uh, you know, like the Anthony Wieners of the world, Right, the Harvey Weinstein, Bill Cosby, then they're, they're never coming back from that. Right, you know, right, right. just it's uh, right. Well, you know, kids, I mean, first of all, too, like when you talk about the Roy Moore, Roy Moore, how the hell could he even run to be a senator when they had these, you know, these pedophile, uh, uh, you know, allegations against him? I mean, that was and 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 Trump endorsed them. It was horrible. How yeah, could you endorse the guy? I mean, it's well, just, you know, it's an okey dokey boys club. You know, it's sort of that, crazy. Yeah, that's what that's. But um, you know, there's always been people in powerful positions have used their positions absolutely. to get sex. You know, so absolutely. And and women have always uh, have have a history. Hello, I mean, where do we get prostitution from? And call girls. Heidi Fleiss was the number one at that. You know, yeah. um, mm-hmm. utilizing beauty and sex to get what they need and what they want. You know, so sometimes I just feel like for for women. And all you young ladies listening, young girls especially, if you're trying to make it in Hollywood or the music industry, just remember that there's prices to pay when you do that. Um, if you if you go if you go in the room strolling like a hoe, then you're gonna come out like a hoe. That's all I can say. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm not that's, trying to be or everyone's that. known of the existence of the casting couch. That's right. For, it exists forever, you know. So, so and it exists. But it exists. Yeah. We allowed it to exist as women. We yeah. we allowed it from the first. We would have stopped it from day one. It would have never been going on this long. You know. Right. That's right. Well, you know, some of the people that are the most opinionated um, people um, in Hollywood. You know, they're activists and everything. They all knew about Harvey Weinstein, and of none of them said anything. You know. Yeah, that's the crazy part. That's the crazy. And part. you know, they're so, they're such brave people when they got to talk about their politics, but yet. They wouldn't step up. Look, people pitched to have Roman Polanski let back into the country. I know. And, you know. you saw that. That's crazy. I mean, even his victim is saying, it's okay. It was so right. long ago. I said, how much he got paid? <laughs> she was 13 years old, you know. Yeah, it's disgusting. That is, ho- that is the most horrific thing. And I can't believe France would protect him. That was the most disgusting thing ever I've ever heard of. Um, yeah. and, and I won't watch Woody Allen movies either because he married his adopted his, me as adopted. Uh, that, that, that's crazy that's too, you know. Disgusting. It's absolutely disgusting. And I, I don't care who tries to pitch him as, oh, he's a great director. He's fabulous. He's fabulous with like with marrying his 18 year old foster daughter who he who his uh, wife adopted, which means that that means he was looking at her when she was 16. Hello, illegal. So I don't know. I'm funny about right. that. I try to have a little compassion, but. I can't have much when it comes to kids, but anything you want to um, promote while you're here, because no, um, you know, I'm just, uh, I'm, uh, you know, I hopefully my goal in 2018 is to just um, keep doing what I'm doing, get more work acting, actual acting. I, I, I didn't, I got cast recently in a movie, but uh, it, it's it's from Locked and Loaded Films. Uh, you can go lockedandloadedfilms.com if you go on their website. Oh, nice. It's like a mob, it's a mob movie, and I play I play a detective. Uh, oh, the, the website's up right now, so you can actually see it. Oh, awesome! I'm gonna um, yeah, I'm I'm gonna check that out when we when we um when we wrap things up. I'll definitely check that out. But that's yeah, my, a lot of work. My, my picture's up on the well. I'm they're supposed to initially 
shoot like a one-hour uh, screener, and they're okay. trying to get to, this to be a ten-episode uh, like TV movie, you know. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I I I did get cast, and we'll we'll see where it goes from here. And awesome. you know, my goal, as I said, my goal is to get more acting and more modeling work, but I also want to kick it up in comedy because. The only way you really get better in comedy is to do a lot more shows, not open mics. You've got to do a lot more shows, you know? Yeah, no, I'm kicking it up this year, too. This is a definitely turn up. Uh, and actually, I want to talk to you about something possible um, out at one of the colleges um, in the summer. Uh, but I'll let you know more about that later. But, All right, um, cool. So so check. tell us one more time where are we going to find you for um, Perfect Murder and well, on on the twenty third, I'm on Investigation Discovery. It's a show called Your uh, Your Worst Nightmare. Okay. And it was based on a real homicide that I worked. Uh, I forget exactly what I think it was two thousand three or two thousand four. Okay. And they recreate that case, and basically, I'm interviewed as my former job, Sergeant Cannon from Manhattan North Homicide Squad. Awesome. And, um, you know, there's people, that's the great thing about the internet. People search your name and they see what you did, and then you get. I actually do get offered some work every once in a while based on that. Not a lot, but a little bit once in a while, you know. Okay. But, yeah, so, but definitely in 2018, I want to kick up the acting. I'm working real hard. Acting is a whole other thing. It's it's it's, it's not easy either. Okay. Uh, I We're take gonna... a two-camera film, stu- uh, film study class with this great acting teacher named John Howard Swain. Okay. And I take it in the offices of the, uh, the pit on uh, 29th Street. They get every Tuesday. And this is my classmates, some, uh, which includes uh, Broadway stars and opera singer and guys that have been on, you know, have real legit credits. And so I'm learning not just from the teacher, but from my classmates, too. So it's, it, it's, nice. it's a nice, like, as you say, I want to appreciate the journey. I'm appreciating the journey because, you know, I'm humble. Believe me, I'm humble. I'm humbled by people, oh, oh, this. people we know. with a lot of talent, we, you know. We really appreciate you coming um, to check out our show. And we have to go now. But, um, well, Tanya, it was great. Thank you for uh, putting me on your show. You too. And we hope to um, talk to you soon. Let us know if anything's going on, okay? All right, Tanya. All right. Nice talking to you. Have a great holiday. You too. I know. That was Bill Cannon from The Perfect Murder and Off the Cuff. Um, this is Tanya on the town with Tanya Cooper. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. <laughs>